Hello and welcome to Pop Tarts. This is Emily and what you're about to hear is a live episode that Callie and I recorded with Janine Garofalo at the Bust Craftacular and School for Creative Living. Take it away. Hello. Hello. And welcome to Pop Tarts. Beep, 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 beep. I'm Emily Rems. I'm Callie Watts. We are both editors at Bust Magazine here in Brooklyn, New York. We love talking to each other about pop culture. We love talking to you about pop culture. And today we have a super exciting guest, a master of fierce feminist wit. Janine Garofalo has been a comedy mainstay since the 1990s and is still making waves today. You may know her from her 30 years doing politically savvy stand-up comedy. You may recognize her from her roles on such iconic TV shows as The Ben Stiller Show, The Larry Sanders Show, and Saturday Night Live. Or you may be a fan of her performances in such films as The Truth About Cats and Dogs, Wet Hot American Summer, The Matchmaker, Reality Bites, and Sweethearts. Through every role Janine Garofalo chooses, she telegraphs some truth, about women's lives, and we can't wait to talk to her about absolutely everything. Please welcome Janine Garofalo! (laughs) You win! Welcome. Where do you put your stuff? That's my question. Where do you put your stuff? When you're Janine Garofalo, you can put it wherever the fuck you want. uh, I'm going to... This. Keep talking. I'm gonna. I'm hanging. For those at home, I'm hanging my bag on my chair. Janine is hanging her bag on her chair so she can have access to lip balm. And the reason I didn't want to put on the floor is because I just got this new hat at Carhartt, and I don't want it to get dirty. And try to continue. This is the kind of uh, scintillating conversation you can expect from Janine Garofalo. Yeah. And that, you very much overstated in my intro, the roles I choose, like people are knocking down my door. Oh, I, I choose this and this. And actually, that was a good run in the 90s. It's been a little, I think I got kicked out of show business around 2002. And now the auditions are usually more for like the tough but fair head nurse, <laughs> the sexually ambiguous cop, the judge that's had it up to here with you already. I'll up allow it. Here. It's, a, it's a, that kind of nonsense, which I don't like. Although I am auditioning to play Bella Abzug on Monday. <gasps> oh, are you really? Are you going to bring be, a hat to the audition? I don't want to do that. I, I, know, I know what you mean, but I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. She's a famous hat lady. She was. And, um, so am I. Anyway, this is n- none of your responsibility. I'm so sorry. But I... <laughs> burdened you with any of this. What did you want to talk about, ladies? I'm well, sorry, first, I keep not looking at you enough. Yeah, I know. I feel like I should stand <laughs> in... I'm sorry. I'm going to sit I'm back. I'm going to lay across the table so you sit. can talk. I, Both I of you can certainly stare down no, at me. I meant no offense. <laughs> this is the perfect event for us to talk to mm-hmm. you at mm-hmm. because you are someone who has been to many craftaculars. We're always very <laughs> thrilled to see you at our events. Yes. And when we knew we were going to be broadcasting live, we were like, mm-hmm. we have to ask Janine. It's like... Literal perfect synergy. I love the bust craftacular. And I'm, I, I'm, I love crafts. I'm crafty. I, I like to make jewelry. I'm not good at it, but I enjoy beading. I'm a beadist. Oh. I be, beads. I love beads. Just is that bead your it. craft of choice? Well, it is. It, it happens to me because I have no talent, and it seems to be a thing I can do. And I also do, do appropriation jewelry. Guys? 
Uh, I do. Well, that's harder. The little, so they're kind of like West African trade beads, bigger beads. Or I take parts of necklaces I like and add them to other necklaces with either a hot glue gun or jump rings, things of that nature. I call it appropriation jewelry. jewelry. Yes. You're wearing some nice beads on your wrist right now. Are those homemade? Some of them I made and some I did not. It's a, it's a mix. See, this is easy to do. You can just put stuff, you know, anyone can do that and put a charm on it. I don't have the, any real talent, but I just enjoy it. And I hope to one day own a bead store. I support this. And I hope it's called Let It Bead. (laughs) Or or Don't Worry, Bead Happy. The bead goes on. Any iteration of bead we can put in the vernacular. Just bead it. Just bead it. Oh, that's a good one. Don't Worry, Bead Happy. Yes. If anybody thinks of any other ones while we're doing this, I'd like to add them to my my list. And you just mentioned that you are not on the social meds. I do not have any social media platforms, and that's not noble. That's a value-neutral statement. There's a fake me tweeting and a fake Facebook me. I have no idea why. I, I hear that happens uh, to people. I don't know why, but they're allowed to use pictures of you. And it, it, that's kind of flattering. You would th- it, I guess you would think they would choose somebody with a higher Q rating. You know what I mean? Like it would, it would have meant like something in 98, but it doesn't, it's, it's a strange thing, but it's, uh, it's unusual. But I don't have social media platforms. I'm a bit of a Luddite. I get a lot of anxiety. I don't like it. And I, and I feel like the more you put yourself out there, the more you give people a chance to dislike you. That's why I don't and, tweet. And so I feel it's just because I do stand up so much, I can express myself that way. People don't believe this, but I don't use a computer. I know you don't believe that. I know that you don't believe that. So maybe you believe in a god. Maybe you believe in extraterrestrials <laughs> and ghosts, but it's a bridge too far that I don't use a computer. I accept that. Um, I don't have a smartphone either. So it's how a, do you know the earth isn't flat? Well, <laughs> I actually was well-educated, uh, luckily, before, but I actually, uh, and I take an interest in reading, <laughs> and, I, and I don't deny all the good that comes from this stuff. What I'm saying is there's so much that comes with it that I do not want in my life. Also, if you don't have email and stuff, you'll never be invited to anything again, which is good if you're like me and don't like to do anything. <laughs> it's, really, it's really, honestly, you'll never have to make an excuse and lie to your friends again. You'll never, no one will ever invite you to anything. And the data mining, that's just, that is no surprise whatsoever. There's, oh, there's right. no, it should be no surprise. You know, Lance Bass is gay. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's that same, same thing. I know that's years ago, but I remember when he came and I cover it, it said, I'm gay. As uh-huh. if people were like, no. I don't have a podcast, which I know is like very unusual too. It's like jury duty. Everybody <laughs> has a podcast. I don't have one. Because you're a guest, you're like a guest on them so much. It's like having a podcast. Right. You know what I mean? You, especially in the stand-up comedy world, once somebody has a podcast, they just ask you on you. So it's like you have a podcast. I learned from your stand-up that you were raised in a very conservative Catholic way. Yes. What was your journey between that childhood and the feminist firebrand who sits before us today? Well, I, you know, I, I don't know that I'm a feminist firebrand, although I am absolutely feminist. And I don't know when people deny it that. So you're not for equal rights. You know what you're saying <laughs> is you don't like civil rights because you know, <laughs> when people say I'm not a feminist. That tells me they're either a dum-dum or a coward, uh, or or they don't understand what it means. A humanist. You can be a secular humanist. You can be a humanist of faith. But the thing is, is what you're saying when you deny you're a feminist is, I do not believe in equity. I do not. Because it's it's just human rights. It's civil rights. Be that as it may, uh, I was raised, like a lot of people, uh, you know, I was born in in 64. um, So it wasn't... As, as strange as it might sound to some people, you know, to be raised in such a conservative Catholic home in the suburbs. My grandmother lived with us, the whole thing. And I just thought my dad was right about everything. Now, I love him, but I realize that he's quite wrong. 
And he's a very smart guy. He's just emotionally maybe sometimes not as intelligent. He's politically just wrong. And uh, I thought he was right about everything. So until, I mean, I had, I had questions when I, you know, in my teens. Yeah. And, and then I chose to go to a religious university, uh, which uh, Providence College in Rhode Island, which is one of the biggest mistakes I ever made, except for that it made me the atheist that I am today. I met at Wheaton College, uh-huh. uh, where some uh, friends of mine from high school went enlightenment and they hate they hated me and which was really good for me I mean it, it was terrible at the time but I can remember friends of my high school friends saying I hate her so much she, st- she just keeps spewing Reagan because it was the Reagan revolution and I just would repeat what my dad said and quite rightly they hated me and then I was given a copy of Howard Zinn's People's History of the United States along with Noam Chomsky by some of these girls that hated me and and I thank them for it and discovering left of the dial music Okay. Um, that goes hand in college hand. College radio? College radio. Well, it was, at the time, it was called <clears throat> College Format Radio, WBRU, Brown University's radio station, which I could listen to at Promise College. That also changed everything because you meet the type of people that go left of the dial for their music back then, which was harder to do, that you meet at live shows in Rhode Island and Boston where the music scene was fantastic in the 80s. They, too, enlightened me. So I would say it was... It, a combination of being despised by those girls at Wheaton, <laughs> given some books, and meeting people at live shows that made me who, who, who I am and uh-huh. who I feel I was sort of deep down. And my father's a wonderful man. Don't misunderstand me. He really, he's just wrong uh, about, <laughs> about 99% of things. And he's married to a, a woman who's a lovely woman, Southern Baptist, because my mom died when I was young. And I call her Joan, too. My mom's name was Joan, and her name's oh, Joan. Whoa. She doesn't mind. It's Joan, too. I, I, she's wonderful. But she's a Southern Baptist, and, and, and they think that voting for Republicans means something. And I, and I would say for the last 30 years, it means something very bad about you. But especially now, it's, it's not something that you can defend in any way. And there's one thing. You know, my dad's 80. That's, it's, there's some generational components to it. Like, it, like it's when people say Betty Friedan's a racist. She was born in 1921. Not mad at you, I'm just saying let's leave it at that. She was born in 1921, so let's take that into to consideration before we throw Betty Friedan out the window. Right. I'm I think sorry, other I people go out the window here. before I just say Betty. I that about Betty Friedan. We're at bust. I'm so glad I got that in. Got that in. Uh, part of what people love so much about your stand-up is your rigorous honesty. We learned so much about you and your life from your stand-up. We learned about your atheism. And... We learned about, uh, you called yourself an asexual in 2010 yes. on stage way before it was cool. Well, it, no, it's not. It's, that, again, is too value neutral. That is just, a, 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 I just ha- have always had a, a biologically low libido. Very, very, as a teenager, adolescent, all of it when you're supposed to be motivated by sexuality, I was both afraid of it and, and felt nothing. And then I became a hardcore drinker, which made me sexual. Oh. For a number of years, because I was like, this is how people do it. And I don't know how people have, have sex sober, to tell you the truth. And, uh, but I've, I've been living with my boyfriend for like, tw- you know, we've been together like 25 years. So, so we started when we were both hardcore drinkers, and the old bait and switch. Now it's like, I'm not having, I don't want to have sex. Now, I'm 54 now, because those days, it's gone anyway. You know what uh-huh. I mean? Like, I had a brief window where I was, I felt actual libido, and I think it was bio- a biological imperative. It was, it was around the age of 38 43. Oh, it was like a use it or it lose just, it. Tingle. Yeah, TikTok yeah, and I'm happy to lose it. I was happy to lose it, and also I've never wanted to have children because I'm risk averse. But I, I, so I never. Sexuality means nothing to me. 
I actually don't mind looking. Like, I like looking at Michael Fassbender, objectively. Do you know what I mean? I, yeah. I like to imagine having sex with Michael Fassbender, just theoretically, but not for real. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. yeah. You see what I'm saying? I can objectively, or see, like, why Angelina Jolie, she's so beautiful, like a, like a piece of art. I can look at people like art and see objectively why they're so beautiful and, and, and why, why people would want to have sex with them. And I can imagine it for, like, five seconds, and then I'm like, ew. <laughs> uh, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. But, like, before the A was appended onto LGBTQIA, yeah. you were out there saying, I'm asexual. Yeah, you're, in, you're, you're imbuing me with bravery. It's, it wasn't, I I'm, am. Just, I'm, just ta- I'm just talking. It's, asexual is just a word from the dictionary. It has nothing to do with the, with the political but landscape or anything. But when people feel that way and mm-hmm. they are looking for something in culture to represent themselves, I feel like at the time that you were talking about it, nobody else was. And so I'm really curious about the feedback that you've gotten from people because you were a pop culture pioneer in identifying that way. Well, you're really... She's really overstating it. I mean, that's very kind of you, and I appreciate it, because validation from people I've not met defines me. So I do appreciate it. But uh, honestly, it, it, it's just a thing that... Because uh, I'm not a disciplined stand-up, and I've been doing stand-up since 85. Um, and I've never, I've never been a strong joke writer. All I can do is talk about what's happening and hope, hope for the best. Uh-huh. You know, hope, hope that I can weave it in and make it, make it humorous, hopefully. But the asexuality is just something that had to be discussed just because it was such a, it's one of those things I've always marveled at in, in myself. And then the only feedback I've gotten, because I'm not really, I don't have a lot of like material out there to be seen by the public. So I can only deal with the feedback in the moment by the live audience. Right. Every once in a while, and it, uh, a young person will come up to me and say, oh, I think I am too. Uh, and they want to talk about it. Uh-huh. But they tend to be in a different category of having other issues at Play, whereas mine is just plain meat and potatoes, heterosexual, not interested in sex. Mm-hmm. And they're more pan, more fluid with their sexual. Got Does it. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I enjoy talking about it. I mean, th- I think there's many more people who feel ambivalent at best about sex than do admit to it because we're not supposed to admit to it. Right. And I don't believe the way sexuality is portrayed in, in films and movies, especially with married couples, how they're still going at it at like seven years in or what you know or whatever it is I, I i don't think that people have sex as much as we are told that they do well certainly not as much as culture tells us that's but, what i'm saying yeah. i think right. we are told and then also in polls i think people are embarrassed still even though it's private to admit how little sex they probably have or how little they're interested in it sometimes right I would agree for sure mm-hmm. well people get tired sometimes it's hard to get in the bone zone well when- also it's emotional I hate, to, I hate to gender get it, but for women, sometimes, I hate sweeping generalizations, if they're mad or if there's something satisfying in the relationship, it's very hard for them to be amorous. I think it's somewhat easier for men. Now, mm-hmm. that maybe is not true. Um, but, that, but it might be. But, and also in marriages, so much baggage, so many tally sheets of you did it, you know. And I think infidelity is fine. I really do. Uh, monogamy is untenable in this Current, you know, people live to be about 90, 100 routinely. Uh, you know, marriage is a 12th century institution. People used to die at the age of 23. That's right. fine. You know what I mean? You, you get taken by the bloody flux or the, <laughs> or, or the pox or what have you. And, you know, you can stay married. Now, it's quite difficult to, to be monogamous and stay married in modern culture, I think. And I think infidelity can be healthy if you just don't talk about it with each other. <laughs> 
Well, speaking of marriage, I know you said that you were with your boyfriend for 25 yeah. years, but you were also accidentally secretly married for 12 years? 20. I, oh, was, I, wasn't, I wasn't secretly married. It was accidentally, I guess. Um, I got <laughs> married in a blackout state. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, I was in Las Vegas with my boyfriend at the time. And apparently, I don't remember this, but we actually went to a courthouse, signed papers. I, I don't have Whoa. any recollection, recollection of this. But we got married in Las Vegas as a joke. 20 years later, he got married for real. The lawyer pulled up these papers because he mentioned it, which he shouldn't have. Because I don't think it would have mattered. So we had our marriage dissolved by our notary republic. Notary, notary, is that what it called? Uh-huh. Notary Republic? Yeah. So I was married for 20 years. And you didn't know that you were married? 20 years. Well, what's the secret you're asking? What's the secret <laughs> what's the to secret Paul to Newman, Joanne Woodward type relationship? Don't know you're married. That's, that's <laughs> A. Live in different states and date other people the entire time. That, that would be, break. that's the glue. That's the glue. The thing is, he's still a good friend of mine, but he should have never, it's just billable hours to that lawyer. There was no reason, because other people that got married with us in the same ha-ha-ha night uh-huh. went on to be married two or three times again after that. No, there was no, no well, There was public. a couple people that were yeah, all... we were. Yeah, there was a group of us. It was actually a number of the writers from the Ben Stiller show. Not everybody knows that you were on Saturday Night Live. Nor should they. I was there. Your tenure was a minute and a half. I was there for a minute and a half. And from what I understand, you left after six months because it was terrible. Uh, Because I I just didn't, I wasn't bringing anything to the table. You know, there's some people that thrive there, absolutely, and some people, as you know, that, uh, because the cast is over large, and that's a problem. It should have stayed the way it always was. Eight cast members and who also wrote is a better way to do things now. As you know, there's, you need an extra intro music. To, to name all the names and the feature players because I think that the flawed paradigm is throw enough shit against the wall. I don't mean shit for the people. Throw enough stuff against the wall, see what sticks. And, and as you know, some people just thrive there. Yeah. And some years are better than others, too. And right. unfortunately, oh, I was there at a, a time where there was, a, there was some chaos. And, and the work I felt was not to my taste, nor did they feel my work was to their taste. So I don't think anyone was sorry to see me go. And there's no reason to know that I was on the show. Did you find it to be a sexist work environment when you were there? I found it to be a, just a shitty work environment. You know what I mean? Like, that transcends gender. I'd say men, f- male, female. Uh, I'm sure there was the inherent that, that might have been there, too, but it was so bad for everyone. You know uh-huh, what I mean? Like, uh-huh. except for the precious few that I would say. Equal it, opportunity. It, you know what I mean? It was equal opportunity. All right. Uh, bad or good. But there, there also may have been a layer of that, but I was so... Uh, not on my game. I was so I was I was so easily defeated. That's my fault. And also, heavy heavy drinker. That did not help things at all. So it was a it was a disaster of my own making. It was my fault ultimately. I should have just stayed on the Larry Sanders show. Oh, you left Larry Sanders. Yeah, he, Gary was very very nice about. It. He said, you know, go ahead and you know if you want to come back. And then he had me back when I when I left. So that was oh, good. Nice. So it worked out. Because the Larry Sanders show is streaming now, I feel like it, the obsession has reignited. Are you experiencing that? Well, I have noticed a number of people like saying things about it, that they've discovered it. And um, that, was one of, that was my first acting job ever. I didn't start acting until I was 27. I started stand-up at 19, so relatively late, actually. And, and only then, because I was friends with Ben and Gary, and they kindly cast me on their shows uh, at the same time, the Ben Stiller show and the Larry Sanders show. But... The Larry Sanders show pilot started first, and that was my first acting. And Gary was the best boss I've ever had, the kindest, most supportive. Um, it was sort of like baptism by cream, creamy cannolis. Because uh, 
<laughs> and also the Ben Stiller show was a great environment too, but it's not always like that. I learned that the hard way, that people don't always let you have fun with the, with the part or try and make it, your, you know what I mean, with the yeah. dialogue or, or contribute. Yeah. Uh, in fact, quite the opposite, but, but Gary and Ben wanted the contribution. Well, that's kind of why I was asking you about Saturday Night Live because you were so successful in the Ben Stiller show. It was so super funny and the format isn't that different from Saturday Night Live. I don't understand why you were able to succeed in the one show and then not in the other. Well, well, the format actually isn't because it's not live. Uh, so that's different and also years and years of tradition at SNL. I see. Uh, some of it flawed, yeah. in my opinion. And, and o- an over-large cast and okay. then uh, a person at the top who feels that it's good to keep people divided to co- uh. conquer not not nurturing like Gary but the op- the opposite energy mm. which is not healthy now the people who thrive there don't care you know what i mean like they're strong enough within themselves to keep pushing through i unfortunately am weak or was weaker then yeah. uh, i was as soon as somebody didn't like my work i folded into myself and there was liquor in my desk you know what i mean that is 100% my fault I did keep writing and trying. They were never going to do it, but I, I, I was already defeated uh-huh. when I, you know what I mean? I, yeah. I am not, I'm not strong like, like Amy Poehler, like Kate McKinnon, like Tina Fey, like, like Jason Sudeik. All, all these people that thrive there, they're tough and they don't care if somebody doesn't. Yeah. Do, you, do, do you understand yeah. what I'm saying? And I do care very much what people think of me and what they think of my writing. Unfortunately, I do. And, and also, I care when it seems like the boss doesn't like me. Yeah. Whereas mm. those people I'm talking about who thrive, either you do or you don't. And actually, he seems to really like it when they... that. So it's like this... Mm. It's self-fulfilling prophecy. The, uh-huh. it's he's like a, a person that demands... Family. Demands... He put, puts you in a position where you feel like you need to kiss his ass, but he hates you for it. Oh. Does, that, does that make sense? Yes. And then, And then those that don't do it, he, they get rewarded. Yeah. It's a very weird thing. And, and maybe it's a good thing as a trial by fire. Like, who are you? You know what I mean? And that, that's who you see thriving for 40 years longer on that show. Yeah. You know? Strong people. Well, you have a, a new project coming up. I do. An upcoming film called Come As You Are. Oh, is that coming out? It's going to come out... Uh, I think early next year. Oh, that's wonderful. Because there's so many truly independent films that you do that, honestly, I do about four or five a year. And sometimes the budget is like, can you bring some jeans from home? And uh, (laughs) you never see these things again. Or they pop up with a different name somewhere. Right. Well, if you're not on the internet, it's hard to know when these things are surfacing. Sometimes I'll I'll read about it in Time Out magazine. (laughs) That's right. Or sometimes I'll be channel surfing. Uh, on the Netflix, which we do have on the TV, and I know how it works. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, keep an eye out, because Come As You Are might come out and surprise you early next year. It, it has an interesting premise. It's about mm-hmm. three young men with disabilities who go on a road trip with their nurse to a brothel This is based on a true story as well. Catering to people with special needs. I didn't know that they were it's special true. needs this brothels. Is a, that is true. It's a based on a true uh, story, a true experience of, of this this brothel that caters to dis- the disabled, because for, for obvious reasons, there needs to be that. I Tell think. me about your role in the film. I am, and the, the, I film. am, I am the mother of a disabled son who is the mastermind of this plan for to, to he and his friends to go uh-huh. to Montreal. And um, that's it. That's, that's it. It's it. not really about, it's, it's really about the kids. Okay. It's really about the kids. And As a uh, mom, I'm just there to do you say, have any- hey, don't. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm is crying. It what? <laughs> is it one of those moms? No, no, actually it isn't. I, I love this film, actually. I have to say, I, I genuinely do. If I didn't, I, I would be honest about that because it benefits none of us for me to lie to you. 
Uh, it, it, that one I love and I have high hopes for. But there's been, a, there's been so many that I've had such high hopes for that I've never seen. There's one called The, called the Dark or Darkness, which is based on the Slender Man thing. Um, I love that. That w- I did three years ago. I've, I've, and it's by Blumhouse. You know what I mean? Like, and you think, it's, I, I've It'll never. come out. Slender Man is so hot right even, now. I had my boyfriend, I know this sounds stupid. I had my boyfriend look on the internet, but I, I did. Uh, <laughs> For the releases, all blunt. It's not even listed. Do you have any particular thoughts on sex work since you made this movie? Uh, I, you know, I, I know it's a complex issue. I, I, if somebody is oppressed in their sex work, obviously I do not support that. If somebody is being forced into it, their life has led them, uh, unfortunately, against their will to sex work. If they are unhappy in their work, if they are being mistreated, I certainly do not support that. If you are a person who chooses sex work as a viable revenue stream, as your work, how can, exactly. I, how can I stand against somebody's choice of, of vocation to support themselves? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, don't get in, in between someone and their sandwich. Like. The, yeah. I don't, want big, I don't want big government getting between me and my sex work. Right. That's what a right-winger would say, but then they would condemn the sex work. Yeah. Something. But I, I do, what, what actually what bothers me is when people pretend it's empowering to to be hypersexualized and objectified, always objectified in a way that is uh, standard st- standard appealing to the male heterosexual gaze, G A Z E. Mm-hmm. Do you know that? Yes. Like it's empowered in this video. If I am mm. doing this, do they still have videos? <laughs> I'm sorry. Are they still have music yeah. videos. Do you know? You know what I mean? Yes, they do. Um, do you know what I'm saying? Where like yeah. when when uh, ten, tends to be female performers, but males do it too. Um, really put their sex first, like they objectify their own bodies or, 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 or exploit themselves mm-hmm. and pretend that it's empowering. I think Cardi B would blow your mind. I think, and this has been going on since Madonna. And, and, yeah. I, and, I, and I like Madonna well enough. I don't know. I, 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 the music gets, you know, I think I like the first album. I've always enjoyed hearing her speak because I think she's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. But she also started that empower. She, she's a big one. But back in the early 80s, it's empowering to be the sexual. It isn't. It's nothing. It's neither here nor there. It's. I think that's it is what it is coming from you. I feel like if you wanna, if you feel like that gives you the confidence, and that's where you're. If you need that gas up. But why is it always that? that? Why is it always that? Or it's, it's the same way. It's that. like it's person to it's, person. It seems like. But why is it always like? people say you got to take your career to the next level. We're gonna make it more edgy. You've got to be better looking. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that, that kind of thing. Well, but there's also sex workers that age and let the age. Oh, I'm not happen. talking about sex workers. I'm talking about mainstream pop. Yeah, but oh, pop well, let's right say now. Like, um, in in the, in the pop culture, who pretend that the exploitation of their own body is empowering, and the hypersexualized. I'm with Janine Like pop on this. stars, especially that appeal to young children because their music is so shit. Well, that's a whole other uh, that, that it's mostly kids in the audience. No but offense. But I feel like if if your boobs give you a, a, a bit of more confidence when you go out to do what you're doing, put your boobs out first. I right, but I where did that idea come from? This is like, we're going to get to Inception well, that's now. Obviously where did that? Case. Where did the seed of that idea come from that your boobs give you confidence? It didn't come from you. It came from the wider well, society. Well, if you're a really funny person, then you make a joke when you walk in the room. If you're really, really smart, what about a funeral? You you're gonna walk into a funeral. With you're gonna make out? a joke with no. your boobs out. I certainly hope not. Well, that's not where you're trying I to feel empowered. You, I, I expected more from Bust Magazine. <laughs> no one's trying to feel empowered when they walk into a funeral. You, you said walk back. into a room. You said walk into well, a room. Well, yes, but you know, you in didn't a room say where you want to, 
where you're trying to step first and show yeah. your like. But why that? Why don't you say, hey, do you know how you know how many degrees I have? I work with doctors without borders. How about that? Yeah, but it's a person. That, I think it's a person-to-person thing. Whatever mm-hmm. makes you feel right. But I don't think best. the idea is yours. I think it's like Inception, which, by the way, is one of my favorite films. And I shan't hear <laughs> anybody bad mouthing Inception. <laughs> Why was Michael Caine at the airport? These are the questions. But anyway, <laughs> uh, the seed of the idea—you think it's your own—that your breasts are what gives you confidence. That's not. The case, the case, it's years and years of inherited. Oh yes, uh, I'm not denying that any of that. S- somebody I else still, making that decision for you. I still feel like whatever makes you feel better, roll with it. No matter who put the seed in your head. But some okay, it's. I guess we just disagree on this issue. I don't know that it's helpful to continue that, and I don't know that it's helpful, especially for young as it gets younger and younger and younger and younger. The sexualization, and this has been going on for a long time. But I mean. Truly, like sometimes the lyrics and stuff that young kids sing along to, it's just, like, it's not helpful. And in fact, I think it thwarts, it thwarts intelligence. I really do. I think it's, if you get hypersexualized too young, if you go down that road, other areas of your personality and your intelligence will suffer, I think. Mm. That's my opinion. Actually, it's a fact. I, mean, I, I used to own a porn magazine for women that love dick. Mm. So I am... Oh, and- come, Please. <laughs> That kind of talk, it hits my ear like an anvil. Well, you know, there was nothing there back in the day. This was like in um, maybe like eight or nine years Are you talking about Playgirl? Like when there was Playgirl? Well, yeah, it was, it was... In the 70s? And- well, Playgirl, uh, one of our old uh, editors used to go, uh, went on to be the editor-in-chief of Playgirl. For right, and Burt Reynolds, the, the centerfold, Burt Reynolds. Right, this was called uh, Candy Rain. But, oh, I, uh, I've heard of that. Oh, really? I have. Oh, well, that's our, that was our I point. get around. I hear things. <laughs> but, you know, it was just like a way to twist it on the edge. And I think if anybody, whatever gives you the, the confidence, like if a dude is like, I love how big my dick is or I love how small my dick that's is. That's a different issue. You can absolutely love the size of your appendages. Right. <laughs> and your so secondary you really sex characteristics. Like See, this, that's great. how you say it. This is how we speak. Yes. Get a thesaurus. The, the, get a, if, you, if you say that, that's fine. But I, I, I got have no, no problem, problem with anybody that. who carries that within them. Like, I love... If a dude wants yeah. to walk dick first, he can walk dick How first. Did, how's he going to do that? But also, you know, in this culture, it's not, rece- it's not received in the same way. But, but that needs to be the... That's the, the, the root of what needs to be the twist, is the equalization of the sexualization of people. Well, like, until the human condition changes, that, that shan't happen. Until the human condition changes. Well, that's where that's I think we But you can walk uh, basket I, area first. <laughs> you want to? <laughs> You can do that. That's fine as long as you're not like look at look at it. Look at it. Well, I embrace mean, the wonder. Like, hey, that's that's fine to be confident in who you are. But I feel like sometimes it's taken to where we've been told it's supposed to be. That there is standard rules about what is and isn't what we think attractive. You know, think about the the way people react to people in the public eye who who they don't find attractive. It's unbelievable. Uh-huh. The uh, I read about it. The bullying, the cyber bullying mm-hmm. that the ladies deal with. And I think that until the human condition changes, it's hard to equalize that kind of thing. But anyway, what's going on? What's happening? <laughs> do you feel that comedy is activism in the age of Trump? And what can we do to fight the power in a way that's funny and not like so fucking ponderous? Well, I think comedy can be activism. Uh, it depends on how you do it. I mean, for years and years, comedy has had that component to it when it is done, you know, from Mort Saul to George Carlin. Paula Poundstone, uh, you know, there's 
many who do, who do stand up in a socially conscious way in addition to jokes. That, that's always been the case. And now we have Samantha B. and there's so many names, I'm sorry, and, and don't be offended that I'm not naming all the names. So there, there always is a place for that. Now, as, as for people in their day-to-day life to resist, because sometimes the new, it's tragic. It's not funny to me at all, a lot of the stuff that's going on. And, I, and again, I would say the Republican Party's been moving that way for the last 30 years. But now it's, at, it's such a crisis, and it's so embarrassing. Yeah. And he didn't win. That's another thing. Uh, we ha- we have, in we terms have, of the popular vote? They did not win. And I don't think a, a Republican has won legally since 1968. I'm being completely serious with you. Due to gerrymandering, rolling back the Voting Rights Act, this has been going on for years, redistricting and, and outright theft, yeah. and now the tampering with software, the country is not with them. I don't believe that Nixon won. I don't believe that uh, McGovern lost in a landslide. I don't believe Reagan, there was a Reagan revolution. I don't believe it because the country is not there. What I do believe Republicans are good at is blood sport, theft, and the Democrats keep bringing a tennis racket to a rugby match all the time. You know what I mean? Like they're always trying to do the right thing. Always, they're first to throw their people under the bus. Al Franken should have never resigned. Um, that person worked for Fox News, and I think it's okay to. Qu- this is another controversial thing, but when it comes to the Me Too movement, I think it's okay to question the source. It should transcend gender. It's human rights. Any, because if you don't, anyone can be accused of anything at any time. And if you're not allowed to question, I I can say right now, I've got pictures of you molesting a child. Don't question me. Don't question me. You know what I mean? Like, don't question the questioner. Then it's a Twilight Zone episode. And I think in any movement for human rights, you got to transcend gender and you must consider who's making the accusation, why, and when, because it matters. Context matters. And I do believe that you shouldn't put up with when people call Trump voters decent, hardworking Americans. They're decent nothing. They're, there's nothing decent about them. See, this is why I don't really talk about it on the stage and stand-up. I mean, actually, I do say it basically this way, and I get the same thing. People in comedy clubs don't like it. They don't like it for the most part. But your stand-up is you giving your opinions. So. Right. Well, these aren't opinions. As I said, again, they, they, they are. You, you would agree these are straight-up facts. But, they, but it's true. It's not an opinion. I mean, there is, there's not two sides to every story. Right? Well, your stand-up is yes. holding forth. Some, some there is, but there isn't two sides. Like to, homosexuality is, is, you can pray the gay away. That's not two sides to a story. That, you're flat out wrong, right? W- women shouldn't have uh, reproductive justice. That's flat out wrong. That's not, that's not two sides. Right. You know what I mean? Like, so, so there is opinion, like we were having with sex workers and with yeah. your boobs. And then there's fact. <laughs> then there's fact about uh, theft. Like when you were saying about like, if they don't want to be in it, they don't feel safe, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Well, that's wrong. An opinion about when they do it, and, and if you like it and you want to do it, and you're uh, right, but I but I do think we still d- differ on that issue of an, in your per, in your personal and your professional. We can agree to disagree on this, but not the politics. No, definitely not. How would you say the stand-up comedy profession has changed for women in the time that you've been in? It's changed like everything, uh, like every profession has changed. There's uh, much more diversity, many more different voices and experiences. Who you see doing it. Uh, what they're talking about, things like that. It's, it, that's, just, that's just culture and time. And what about the Me Too movement, Time's Up movement? Have you seen any like specific shift? Have in you that not regard? been listening to a word I said about the Twilight Zone uh, thing I and the transcending have. genders? <laughs> I mean, please. <laughs> I know, I know. But these are my, you know, these are my bus-centric questions. I... 
ask all stand-up comedians this. And no, some no, of I them know. Say I, yes, I, I, some I, of I them. thought. I thought when I, I'm sorry, I cut you off. What was your question? And then, and then, if I did answer it already, I'm going to be a real asshole about it. No, I mean, I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm I guess you kind of did. I, I just am wondering if you know there was such like this media explosion about Times Up and Me Too and specifically Louis C.K. and these things are happening in green rooms and this is a hostile I think Louis C.K. I'd leave Louis C.K. alone. Enough with that. And again, and I, I, there are so many issues we got to be motivated on. I think he is, but he's been my friend and I stand by that. He's been my friend since 1985. Wow. And I think he has suffered and, and, and when he performs at the Comedy Cellar and people get all irate, if, if you... Do you, if, if nothing else, care about his daughters. If nothing else, if you can find no compassion for him, which I think you should, think about how his daughters, who hear all of this stuff, feel. Why don't you leave him alone for them if you're so women empowering? And, and by the way, this isn't your fight. You know what I mean? If it's your fight, then it's your fight. I believe that it's between the people that, that are, are dealt, you know, that, that, that took issue with him. It isn't for, people get so upset, and then I want to know if they write their congressman. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, do you but get this? all the women that he flapped his dick on, don't you? You know what, it, you know what, it isn't all the women, and, and it, it's, this is one but of those things. We I... are still talking about this when there are so many other things. Why and you should weren't... I have sympathy for someone because they have a daughter? They have two That's daughters. Just mind, do you, because you don't understand, because you don't understand what it is like to be a public pariah because it's not happened to you. You don't understand what it's like to have people in the street yell he things He chose terribly. to be a public person, and then he chose to take advantage of that. Also, I don't think you know the full story about some of the... And, you know, and nobody talks about on stage in their stand-up more than him everything he's ever done throughout that whole time. I don't want to get caught up in this, because clearly yeah, you take a, a strong position on this, and it, and it doesn't win me any friends. It's like talking about Israel. But I do believe... Uh, when you're a friend with someone, and if you think that they have suffered... I don't believe in kicking a person when they're down. I mean, you could still be friends with someone, but you could also still acknowledge what they did. It's not mutually exclusive. Did yeah, I say I didn't know. acknowledge what they did? I'm yeah, just saying. I mean, and also, are there no other issues? Are there no... You oh, know, he seems multitask. to be... We can multitask. We can multitask. But I the do thing not, is, why? Why? What is, what is no your, other issues? What is your stake shit? in it? That people want to keep to going back. To let people back. know they can't just rip their dick out in front of do, people because think, they can. That is the stake. To I think I have when a I feeling. walk in a room and you have a bigger position than me, mm -hmm. that you don't just get to wag your dick at me because you can't. Okay. That's the stake. First of all, for every that, time I not, walk that's in a not room. what what he did. There are well, and also you weren't there. You were do you, I don't think you were. You were not. No, this but is I not also your wasn't in the Iraqi war to know that wasn't cool. Like, you don't this have is to so be this is so unfair because it's another thing where people get bullied. I feel progress well, is thwarted when anyone says what I because believe me, the, the pushback I get when I've discussed this before, when people ask me about it, feels so unjust to me. And then when there are so many issues we could be talking about, and I I do think there is a point where somebody stops kicking people when they're down. It doesn't matter what the gender is. It doesn't. This isn't about male or female. I'm talking about anybody. Now, Harvey Weinstein, I think, is in a different category. Well, that yes, is a that person, is a, different a totally different category it to me. Somebody who, who absolutely does that. 
is absolutely, and all the, by the way, he gave me a sweater. That's weird. <laughs> Every single person that's been brought up in the, in the sex scandal thing has been nothing but nice to me, which is weird, which I think, I it's because everybody thinks weird. I'm, I think, I think everyone's normal. I no, think no, no, a no. lot of predators it, are very nice People get mad streets. when I say that, but almost every person, like the big ones brought up, like, oh, he gave me a sweater. <laughs> uh, but I think it's because most people find me sexually unappealing. Which I don't even know if it's about that, or they don't, they don't feel the need to Do people get do gifts for being sexually No, no, no. It was, it was before Copland, a movie <laughs> called, Co- called Copland. I was in a movie called Copland, and I, I was, at the time I was hosting the MTV Awards, and Harvey Weinstein came backstage and gave me a sweater and said, welcome to Copland. Oh, I'd gotten okay. a part. What kind of sweater was it? That's it was great. a pink cashmere sweater. Ooh. And you know, it, it, it's just, because it, I think also everybody always just thinks I'm, uh, and this is not a criticism, everybody always thinks I'm gay, which is fine with me. I'm not, but it's not, I don't take it as a criticism. It's, 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 it's fine. And, I, and, and most people are under that impression. He might have been too. Um, I, I don't know. Now, I'm not, again, this is ridiculous that we're talking about this. There'll be nothing but vitriol coming at me uh, about this. And it's so easy to get mad at these things and then lose sight of other things that impact our lives still, like reproductive rights being repealed. I think and we can all do it all at the same time. We can, time. but have we not done it enough with that one person? Well, I think that he maybe should have leaned back on coming, uh, ambushing people with his, yeah, you know, like let people did, buy you, tickets I think, if they want I to think, support him. But I think that you are misunderstanding exactly what happened. You're going on what you've been told in the main about what happened. Yeah, well, I don't know. He is know. not I'm, a person who goes into any room and, and in a powerful way whip his dick. He's not. I'm uh, sure that's not... I mean, I'm sure there's semantics to everything, but what he did was not okay, and he should... And he, and he, has, pay, he has paid heavily, heavily, and his family has well, paid heavily. I think there's heavily. a way to, come, to, to regenerate your career that is much more delicate to the situation than just being like, hey, I'm going to go do a stand-up show. You have no idea. Now you're, now now you're again, you well, you are now thing. again. Why can he not do a stand-up show? Well, announce why is it, it why so do you people have a, have a choice to support? Oh or my not? God! Do you know how much offensive material goes on at the the comedy cellar? Yes, and but you uh, the, you know what? If you don't want to listen to him, get up and leave the room. You are acting like Mussolini has walked into the room, and it is not. This is a human being, and that I'm is. not mad at you. Listen. You, this is, is there's, no, there's no reason to, for us to get upset about this, but that you getting mad that he goes to the comedy cellar. No, is, is I, person, I, I got, just think there's ways to do it oh that are much, much more um, sensitive to the situation. Sensitive to what situation? How, that to you, people may not wanting to support him right now. Yes, and give believe me, they make, they make themselves they very clear. They make themselves very clear. And the type of material that you hear on a nightly basis at the comedy cellar makes him look tame. And, and they're not well, offended fine. by that. Yes, it is, yeah, isn't it? It's not the material that it's giving. It's what he did. It's his personal actions, not his material. I do not find comedy that talks about a lot of shit ever offensive. I do find behavior, personal behavior offensive. It's a huge difference. Okay. I think that we, can, we have found another place where you guys can agree to disagree. Mm-hmm. And I think that... Uh, I'm going to ask you something more about you and not about people okay. that you know. But I feel like the, the amount of vitriol that's going to come back at me at this is, uh, is going to be painful. But I feel like if your stomach hurts when you're going to talk about something, I think then you know that it's, you have to talk about it. Because yeah. it, it's, it's, before we got into this, my stomach started turning over. I and I was like, I, still, I, I don't want to allow someone to get bashed that I think is paid and paid and paid. And, and it's also 
no longer something we should be talking about. Honesty the is movement, your personal yes, brand. Not that personal. And, and, and he has a right to and, your and opinion. And he is my friend, like but I think I would feel that way with or without that. I don't, that person doesn't need to be my friend for me to feel that they've been publicly flogged and I see. had a lot of pain. Um, and again, it, I don't feel that way about Harvey Weinstein. You know, I, I don't feel like... Mm-hmm. I'm, you know what I mean? I'm t- I'm t- I do know what you mean. The, the punishment fitting the crime I, and political criminals and, like I said, Sean Hannity, stuff like that. I don't forgive that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, what was the question? <laughs> Tell me about your life and what it looks like <laughs> when you're not working. Are you a dog mom? What does your self-care look like? What is like your best day when you're not working? Uh, actually, not much because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not... I don't say yes to life very well. I don't say yes to life all the time. I don't have, I like to make jewelry occasionally. I've got dogs, you know, I, I love that. I uh, do stand-up almost every night. That's the beauty of living almost in New York. Almost every night. Well, That's nice. between New York, Brooklyn, you know, the outer Bushwick. I have no there's, idea. Oh, there's, there's comedy going on that is not in comedy clubs. That's, and once you're dialed in after all these years, if you choose to, you can do... And that's, that's the best part of it. And you can get to a lot of it by walking or taking Where can the subway. we see you? Not at a well, comedy tonight, club. Well, tonight is New York Comedy Club, which is actually a comedy club. Last night is Eastville, which is actually a comedy club. But for the most part, like on Sunday through Thursday, it's, uh-huh. not, it's like Little Fields, Bell House, Union Hall. Awesome. Um, Dr- you know, Lucky Jacks, all, all kinds of stuff. But um, that, so that, and also I'm a, I'm a walker. I, I don't like to exercise formally, but... I, I walk, and I have a lot of anxiety. And because the anxiety I'm feeling about this, because I feel terrible about what you and I just went through, I'm walking home, which is actually, I walk, honestly, some days I get so anxious, and this is going to sound like a lie, and I did it yesterday after the audition for the Armando Anucci thing. I walked, you won't believe me, from 44th Street, Manhattan, over the Williamsburg Bridge, which actually is not as much as it seems. Then I walked past the Navy Hard and into Dumbo. Dang. And got a hot chocolate at Jacques Torres. And it actually is faster than you think if you know shortcuts. But that's, that's, that's what I do sometimes, the anxiety. I walk every single day very fast. And apparently, strangely, because people mock it a lot, people mock my walk. Like, going to be late, going to be late. And they kick their legs out. Because I guess, because I, I have a bad back and I, my leg kicks out weird. People mock it. All the time. I saw you power walking on my block once, and I was like, yeah, "It's not into power it. walking. It's just my. I'm just. Well, I'm I was, actually. I was just into your gate. I was like, Thank there's, you. There's a woman who knows what she wants and knows how to get it. And I oh, was no, like, just anxiety. Oh, was Janine Garofalo too? Yeah, it's not power walk. It's just. It's just walking. But it, it seems as if I'm. I'm power walking, and and uh, if I had a dollar for every time somebody said, "Where's the fire?" That old chestnut, <laughs> and people will say that I saw you exercising the other day. I'm like, oh, no, I'm not exercising. I'm walking. And I'm just walking. But a lot of it is anxiety-fueled, and I feel so bad. Honestly, my stomach is turning over from, from our exchange um, about what happened. Uh, it's a healthy exchange of ideas. It, it is, but it's, it's one of those things that, that, it, that it's, it's hard to... It's hard, it's hard isn't it? To decompress it's hard. And, and I don't like it when people feel unhappy. You know I mean? I have no wish to make anyone unhappy or no wish to bully anyone or... I don't like bullies. It's controversial, I know. Most people love them. <laughs> but I, I prefer, you know, to, to have people not feel that they're being bullied by me. I don't think anybody feels bullied Feelings. by you. I don't know. Do you feel bullied by me? No. Okay, because I feel very bullied by you. No! I'm, I'm totally kidding. I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't feel bullied by her. What are your hopes and dreams and plans for 2019? Hopefully to get a, a job, acting job, in addition uh-huh. to uh-huh. stand-up. 
because I would like to actually get an acting job too because it's fun sometimes uh-huh. and the money is pretty good sometimes um, and it's fun to do both um, and in 2019 I've got uh, I'm going to Sketchfest in San Francisco sweet and you know just as you know wrote stand up and my hopes are that people get to work on the Electoral College and the Voting Rights Act and and undoing gerrymandering, that, that kind of thing, because that's at the core of what needs to happen is, uh-huh. is, is completely, because if the Electoral College isn't changed and if people don't uh, point out what the Republicans have done since uh-huh. the 60s, Democrats are going to keep not winning when they win, if that makes sense. We can agree on this. And, uh, and I think that the, the progressive wing of the Democratic Caucus should become the voice of the, of the Democratic Party. And I think that... So I, 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 hope, I hope for that in 2019. Uh-huh. When we come back, I'm going to ask Janine and Callie, and hopefully they will ask me, what, what you watch. Before we get back to the show, I want to tell you about our new sponsor, Wolfie Vibes Publicity. If you're working on a new project, and find yourself in need of a kick-ass publicist who communicates well and works tirelessly to get you the coverage you're after, consider going to Wolfie Vibes Publicity. Wolfie Vibes Publicity is a female-owned and operated boutique PR firm that will get you where you need to be, and you'll even have fun in the process. Get in touch via wolfievibespublicity.com for details and quotes, and tell them that Pop-Tart sent you. And we're back. Oh my God, that was such a great. Isn't that the best break you ever took? When I ask what you're watching, this is a very broad question. It covers books, TV, movies, music, music videos, the writing on the bathroom wall. If you are consuming pop culture, we want to know what it is that you're enjoying so that we too can enjoy it. Okay. Janine, what you watching? On Adult Swim, where some of the best comedies happening. Uh, I'm watching Joe Parra Talks to You, which I love. Everybody knows about Rick and Morty. But also The Shivering Truth is coming on Sunday night. I can't wait to see that. Uh, the Shivering Truth. The shivering it's, uh, it's brought to you by Vernon Chapman, who did Xavier, Renegade Angel, and a few other things like PFFR. Um, they, they do really interesting stuff. And um, I'm ashamed to say I'm reading Chelsea Girls for the first time by Eileen Miles. That old chestnut, eh? Uh, I should have read it a long time ago, but I'm reading it now, and I love it. And um, I'm also watching um, Toast of London on Netflix, which I love. I love Matt Berry. I love Matt. I'll watch anything. Matt Berry. Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. I love that show. That show is so good. It's on YouTube. And guess who's involved with that a little bit? Armando Iannucci. And also, one of the greatest comedies ever by him from the early 90s. Uh, the Day Today, which is a fake news program that is so, oh my God, it's so good. But uh, yeah, I love Joe Paratox. I love uh, basically all of Adult Swim. I, and when Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law is on still, I get so, that's one of the greatest. I laugh so hard at Harvey Birdman. Man, I forgot I'm so about glad that when they bring show. it back. It's like at 4.15 a.m. Luckily, I never have to be anywhere um, in the morning. <laughs> that's the, the, the perks of having no career, is you can watch Harvey Birdman at 4.15 and sleep in the next day. Sweet. So I love that. Nightcap. And also Netflix, I love any kind of uh, detective, British detective series. I love Vera. I love Scott and Bailey. Endeavor. What was that one with the, with the lady that was solving the mysteries? We ha- did a... There's quite a few of those. 
Is it Brit- is she British? She's British. Oh no, she's Australian. Are you talking about Gillian Anderson? Or are you talking about Elizabeth Moss playing an Australian? No, it was an Australian crime show, and she from the like four. Oh, 50s. Miss Somebody's Mysteries. Yeah. Oh, Miss Fisher. I love. Are you talking Ms. about Fisher. Primey Fisher? Yes, Miss Fisher's murder mysteries. I don't love that, but I love Doctor Blake. Doctor Blake's murder mysteries. He's from <laughs> Australia too. I, I used to love Miss Fisher, and then I watched too many in a row. Oh, oh I bet. And, hard, but I, yeah. I take your meaning. I got you, Miss Fisher. I, 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 I prefer it a little bit dar- darker than that, yeah, but oh, I, do, yeah. I do like seeing, seeing her do her thing. Um, I, Vera is so good. And also, um, oh, God, there's just River. If you've ever seen you guys watch River. Selen Skarsgård and Nicola Walker is one of the greatest detective series. It'll break your heart. It's so goddamn good. I'm sorry for the profanity, but that's how I feel about it. I love detective series. I, when they're good, they're good. And what I like about the British ones and, and Australian, it's not about the gore. It's not about a young girl getting... It's about the figuring it out. It's about the figuring out and the people. It's about the characters, not about the... And we used to do that pretty good in the 70s with Beretta and, and, and uh, Mannix and Starsky and Hutch and, and all that stuff. It was about the people. Not, and, and silly as the Rockford Files... As silly as they were, they, it was not about let's show a body right. with an eye popped out, which Walking Dead can kiss my ass. I'm not watching Walking Dead. That <laughs> I last episode of Rick Grimes, boo! <laughs> That's how I thought about the Westworld finale. Boo! <laughs> and I can tell you everything that happened in the Westworld finale wouldn't spoil a thing because you'll, no, you'll be further away from where you thought the show was. <laughs> Nothing will make sense to you. And I thought that there were so many opportunities blown in The Walking Dead last Rick Rams. What, you're not going to have a flashback with your actual family? I mean, I like that Shane was in the car. That was good. Your, your son and wife don't merit a flashback as you die. Yeah, that's a bummer. Boo! <laughs> <laughs> and also that show kind of blows. And it's just cornball. It's just, all the survivors look like Urban Outfitter. Everybody, apparently you only survive <laughs> from the ages of 18 to 27. And you, your jeans look great. Your jeans look great. <laughs> they didn't used to be like that, but now it's like very good-looking young mm-hmm. survivors. Very rugged. With great jeans. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also, it's just how many... T- why is Negan alive? So stupid. So stupid. No reason to leave that guy alive. You know what's going to happen. Come on now. I have no sympathy if Negan comes back with a bat. No sympathy, Maggie. You should have <laughs> killed him. I'm very, I feel very... This is very important that I say that. Maggie should have killed him, and you know why. Callie, what you watching? Oh, what am I watching? Let's see. Let's see. Oh, you want to talk about? Did you see the real time with Bill Maher? (laughs) (laughs) Where he interviewed Woody Harrelson. And Woody was smoking, had to leave. He went to a Trump dinner. He got invited by um, Jesse Ventura. Because... Trump was going to run with Jesse Ventura as a dim in 2002 and invites Woody Harrelson to the dinner and he said it was so insufferable that he had to leave to smoke a joint, which I feel like I would have had to have a bong on the table. Like if you, I haven't seen it. Have you seen James Adomian's Jesse Ventura impression and no. also <laughs> Anthony Am- Am- I can't say his last Am- name, Am- the president show? The best Trump impression yeah. I've ever seen in my life. I went it's, to college with him. I was excited to see <gasps> oh him. Oh my on God, it's so good. If you haven't seen the President's Show, you should. I don't think it's still on anymore. But it, I oh think my I God, saw a clip, but I haven't seen a full. So good. It's so good. It's so good. Um, and then I saw 13 and 14 Cameras, they're two different movies. It was creepy as fuck. It's on Netflix. 
Um, and I forgot I'd seen the first one before because I was doing like a thing on horror movies for Bus about feminist horror movies and I watched it in a barrage of a million movies. And it's like a creepy dude who sets up cameras all over the house and he's watching you. And it reminds me of this movie that terrifies me so much, Housebound, with this guy that I call the Dusty Man. And he's, he's like, in the walls. <laughs> yeah, he's like a dusty dude that oh, lives in the walls. Oh, is that from the 70s? And it, it is Ron, uh, like Bad Ronald. Oh, that was one of the it's 70s. Also, uh, the guy is, he's in the wall, and he, he went it's through so the wall. It's terrifying just the concept of somebody Scott creeping around. And, and in, I don't know if it was in the 13th or the 14th, but he put a camera in the toilet, so he's looking at your butt I always wonder about poop. that. I actually always wonder about that in down on South 3rd at Domino Park, because I always when I'm walking in anxiety, when, as soon as I go over the bridge, first thing I do is hit that toilet. I'm sorry I don't like this kind of talk, but... Uh, I, you know what I'm talking about, South Domino Park. Those, yeah, very, you think very the camera clean. In the toilet. Very clean, by the way. Fantastic toilets. Always a ton of toilet paper. So kudos to a them. Plus. I am. I always wonder, though, in about things like that, where there's a standing public toilet that uh, that uh, people use. Where's the camera? I think Don't about that all the time. <laughs> and sometimes I even go, if you, I know you're there. Like I'll, I'll do, I, 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 I do that. you don't, you don't have the power over me. I know that you're there. But don't you think somebody would do that? Like, I mean, I'm so creeped out. I'm, I'm shocked it doesn't happen more often. Who wants to look at poop coming out of a butthole from the bottom? Oh, you'd be surprised. There's a fetish for everything. There's, there's got to be magazines devoted to that. There's no doubt. Oh, I'm oh sure. for sure. There's magazines and porn scat, for that. Scat, scat, Well, this scat. is 2018, so there's websites devoted and, to or that. We, that's right. What am I talking about? <laughs> websites. Uh, cave paintings. There's cave paint, wax cylinders for that. <laughs> Sketches. Right? I saw a wrinkle in time. Fitting Oprah is massive. I love giant Oprah. That was my That's favorite. That's like how part. everybody pictures Oprah. Like that is Oprah regular life is massive. So that was my big takeaway from <laughs> <A> Wrinkle in <laughs> Time. Uh, and I think I got some other things around here, but oh, the Battle of Buster Scruggs. It's that Coen Brothers movie. That's yeah, it's like on Netflix. Yeah, there's like a bunch of different shorts about like Western things happening and my favorite one is this one about an old gold digger it was i was watching this when i was home with my family for thanksgiving because it's really hard to find a middle ground what i can watch with the family because my mom doesn't like anything with violence my dad only watches fox news great british baking show yeah, everybody exactly. loves that. Everybody loves a great British baking show. There's no way somebody's going to have a problem Selassie with that Victoria Sponge. Not that Victoria Sponge. <laughs> no, and look, they're working Victoria together. Sponge. They're working together. Hey, do you need a hand? I'll help you carry that to the thing. Not know, like here so in America helpful. where they fight. Where I, they I haven't fight. watched it, but everybody's like, they're so nice. They're very nice because they're working together. It's not about, you know, you, and sometimes Paul Hollywood's going to shake your hand. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, it's gonna, and it's going to mean something. Isn't that host now? Because he does it more than he used to. But I've he seen. looks like a Siberian husky. Who's he, the he host? He's beautiful. And he's a guy. silver fox. He's he a is. silver fox. Yeah. I wish that's because I'm so icy gray. blue eyes. Oh, I love to have gray hair like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Just briefly, I wanted <laughs> to tell you that I saw uh, two big box office musicals since last we spoke. I saw A Star is Born with oh. Gaga and Bradley Cooper, and I saw Bohemian Rhapsody with Rami Malek Ooh. as Freddie Mercury. I saw it with my friend Jenny and with our luscious production assistant, Logan Del Fuego. We saw them together, and I was just sort of swept away by these big musical production numbers and love stories and I was like oh I I love it when like people put a lot of time and energy and effort to make something really entertaining for my eyes and like they didn't just like poop it out or whatever like they really they really gave it the gusto and I enjoyed it however Logan pointed out to me and I had to agree upon reflection that 
the big love stories in both movies, obviously A Star is Born is much more of a love story, but then in Bohemian Rhapsody, there's like the sort of soulmate story with Freddie Mercury and his wife, and then like there's a love story that sort of wraps up at the end. And in none of these relish experiences, do we actually see what they see in each other or what they like about each other or like why they're in love? They just tell us that, you know, they just sort of gaze at each other and then they're kissing. And then it's like, oh, okay, I guess they're in love. And then we're like invested in whether or not they stay together. But, you know, if they're going to put all of this gusto into these big flashy production numbers and like all of this real care that went into the filmmaking, I think that they should tell us why they're in love. I read a really interesting article, I forget what it was in, about A Star is Born and about how fucked up it is that she's constantly saying, nah, I don't really want to do that. And they're like, eh, you change your mind. We, we, we think you need to do that. Like, that's the whole, she's like, the whole premise is, I don't want to do this big number. Yeah, I think you should do the big number. That's right. He's like, do you want to perform? She's like, no. And then he's like, well, perform. Yeah, and this is supposed to be the guy. Right, but if they, didn't, if they didn't do that, do you want to perform? No. Okay, roll credits. All right, here's the microphone. <laughs> right, it would be a much shorter movie, certainly. The only other thing that I wanted to tell you is, uh, Ka- Callie and I are big Golden Girls fans. Are you a Golden Girls fan? I'm not, but not because of any reason. I just, I mean, I, I'm not not a fan. I actually am a bigger fan of Maud. The show. Oh, I, I love, love Maud, Maud too. Yes. Um, I've been wanting to scratch that itch for so long, and I finally found a show that rings that bell. And it is I'm called. Leaning in. Lean in. It. It's called The Cool Kids. It's on FX. I, I don't know if anybody that. has seen it yet, but Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia Love made this show, him. and it's a superstar cast of now older comedy legends who play um, residents in a retirement home that's called Shady Meadows, which I think is a shout out to Shady Pines mm-hmm. uh, from The Golden Girls. But it stars David Allen Greer. Vicki Lawrence, Martin Vicky Mull, Lawrence. and Leslie Jordan Ooh. as a group of friends. And they are literally the Golden Girls. Like, basically, David Allen Greer and Vicki Lawrence are vying for who gets to be Dorothy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, Martin Mull is definitely Rose. And uh, Leslie Jordan is super Blanche, like Robo Blanche 5000. And I cannot tell you enough how many Golden Girls vibes I get from it. The pace of the humor is the same. The, like, sort of body sexual seniors like going buck wild elements are there it's so funny it's so feel good it's such especially in these troubled times <laughs> i find it so pleasurable and relaxing i cannot you think they used to say that during the enough. medieval era during the plague in these, <laughs> in these troubled times can we ever laugh again in these troubled times it's on fx you can also see it on hulu run don't walk to see the cool kids. And that is the end of our show. I want Woo. to thank Janine Garofalo so much thank you. for being here. Thank you. You are a dream thank guest. You. Thank you. Thank for the you. Voyage. Thanks so much to our luscious production assistant, Logan, Logan Del Fuego. Thank Logan you. of the fire. And of course, our girl gang at Bust Magazine. Wee-hoo. You can find me on Twitter at Emily Rems. You can't find either of these bitches on no, Twitter. No, no. So but like I said, there's a, fake, there's a fake me tweeting if you, if you want to <laughs> see that. I have a secret quit Twitter, but I only follow Chrissy Teigen. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, so but you don't tweet, you follow. No, okay. just only Teigen. Mm-hmm. And she's, you can email us both. I'm at Emily Rems at Bust.com. She, she got me there. Oh, sorry. Where are you, Callie? 
Where can people f- oh, email Callie you? W at bust.com. That's right. And you can learn more about this show at bust.com slash Pop-Tarts. And finally, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us get but the word out. don't let me drag the rating down. Don't, don't hold what I've said against these <laughs> women. Fine. Don't let me besmirch the atmosphere. Well, thank you for helping us to get the word out. We super duper appreciate it. Until next time. Mwah. Mwah.